All right, guys, welcome back to the Fast Fast Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Level. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Rankin. Dylan, we're back after a, a week off, and, uh, well, we're back with the, the drafts, because uh, the, the draft is almost here, and as we do every single offseason, uh, we're going to have our own mock draft, and uh, we will go through, uh, we'll have this spread out over four episodes. We'll make eight picks each, or, excuse me, eight picks in total. Uh, on each episode uh, of course Dylan and I we each pick four and uh, we will spread that out over the next uh, four episodes leading up to the start of the draft uh, later this month always fun Dylan um, you know some years we get them right some years we don't <laughs> I think we did pretty well last year from what I can remember uh, but yeah it's hit or miss you never know because trades can impact everything and I think that's always the big part of trying to do these so yeah we're getting closer luckily we did we did waited until after that big uh saints and eagles trade where so many picks were swapped and different things have changed already compared to uh where they were just a few weeks ago but yeah still expect some movement maybe less than usual at this point because of the the lack of a of a star quarterback um or at least a, a top tier guy that uh, we expect to see go super early it feels like it still could happen uh but compared to past years it's not as much of a sure thing we could have one of the first nfl drafts in a long time at least with three defensive players are off the board we'll see if we end up going that route but i did look briefly last year we we had some we were on the right track with a lot of the picks we did get obviously lawrence and wilson that that was kind of known before the draft that they're going to go to the jags and to uh the jets we we had the the patriots trading up for a quarterback they ended up being able to just sit back there at 15 and wait to get one um interesting locations we had for some players we we nailed uh sewell and jamar chase we had um, some interesting ones, though, looking back at it. We had Micah Parsons going to the Falcons uh, deeper in the draft. We had them trading back out of number four. Uh, interesting one there. Obviously, the Cowboys end up sweeping them up. Cowboys in our draft went for Rashawn Slater uh, as much as they're really happy with Micah Parsons. And uh, obviously, at the time, could have used a corner. I think Slater would have been a great pick for them. So, yeah, it's interesting looking back at where we kind of saw things we, we – at least are aligned along the needs of these uh, teams, but uh, you always end up having some teams that evaluate players at a different rate and uh, differently than what we end up expecting, um, which is harder to take into account. And I feel like this year has maybe more variability than even the last couple of years in that, in that regard, it feels like there's still some uh, uncertainty about what some of these teams are going to end up doing, which is a lot of fun for us and for uh, coming up with the draft. Yep. And uh, so, off we go. Um, we will start, and we're going to do the heads or tails system, as always. Um, I'm doing the virtual coin flip here, um, and we're going to flip. Uh, Dylan, I will take, uh, let's see, I'll take heads. You can take tails. Sounds and good. here we go. The suspense, um, just unbelievable suspense right now. <laughs> uh, it is going to be heads. So I will take the number one pick, uh, and I'll have one, three, five, seven. You'll have two four six eight um and well for the second season in a row uh i i think it's uh to me this is not much of a discussion on the jacksonville jaguars who are going to be the the number one pick here and uh my pick becomes very easy i think this is uh you know again for probably the second year in a row pretty much a slam dunk here on what the jags are going to do and so with the number one pick in our mock draft i'm going to give the jaguars Aiden Hutchinson uh, from Michigan. I think that's uh, probably the most likely scenario here. Um, seems to be that that way. Seems to be the route they go. Uh, so I think that's, um, you know, for a team that certainly still has a lot of needs. We talked about their interesting offseason at this point. But 
um, I think that that would be a, a great place um, to to start, uh, even though, again, I know offensive line will be something that's going to be, you know, something else to, to certainly keep an eye on, maybe in a couple spots, but I still think that Hutchinson's really the only pick here. Yeah, this team has a lot of needs across the board, so it's not, yes. as we always say, you, you sign players for, for your needs, and then draft, you draft the best uh, talent no matter what the position, and I think in this case it kind of aligns with one of their needs, obviously. I would say yeah, offensive line was definitely on the table, but they, they were pretty active in terms of, uh, getting Brandon Scherf, re-signing their center, Tyler Shatley, and then um, uh, you know getting the franchise tag on Ken Robinson. So they had a number of things that they did there to shore up that part of, of the team. And it just feels like, yeah, the moves that they've made, and just unlike some of the other parts of this draft where I'm a little more uncertain, it feels like the reports are pretty strong. On, on Aiden Hutchinson being the the surefire pick here, the you know going back to right when the season ended, there was a little more of a discussion between offensive linemen, even even Kayvon Thibodeau. But now at this point, yeah, Hutchinson fits in well. He's a pretty uh, feels like he's going to be a pretty NFL ready guy in terms of where he is from his with his mechanics. He's not someone who's a huge development type of player. It feels like he's already has that kind of skill set. Maybe not the highest ceiling guy, but a pretty high floor guy. And a guy that, yes, maybe in some drafts wouldn't be the number one pick just because we, we usually see uh, quarterbacks end up going here and just uh, this is end up being the case this season. And, um, yeah, if you can get a star pass rusher, I don't know if he's going to be instantly one of the best guys in the league. The comparable that I've seen the most, I feel like, around is Max Crosby. If that's what you end up getting, obviously the Raiders with a ton of value where they drafted Max. Um, but if you end up getting that and you're the Jaguars, you're going to be really, really happy. Um, you need all the talent you can get. And I think Aiden Hutchinson fits really well into what they're going to be able to uh, want to do with him and uh, should be able to start right off the bat. All right. The number two pick, and this is another team that – has some needs, I'd say, to say the least. The uh, Detroit Lions. I've seen a, I've seen a wide variety of speculation as to what the Lions are going to do at number two. So as always, I think this is kind of where the draft begins. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I, I think this could, you know, I think we've said this past several seasons, but this could kind of direct where things go from here because you know the Lions go way off the board somewhere, or um, maybe don't make one of the obvious choices in this range then I think everything behind it maybe gets thrown off a little bit. But that's not for me to decide. It's for you to decide because you have the number two pick. This is a really tough one. I could make an argument for so many different needs, again, that this team has. Um, I was encouraged with where the the, you know, the Detroit Lions kind of have went over the course of the season, a team that seemed to be fighting throughout the whole time. Um, but, man, I'm, I'm really struggling right now, obviously not knowing if I was going to have the number one pick. I was really hoping I would because I probably would have gone the exact same direction as you. Now here, a little more difficult because there feel, you know, I know I'd preface about how we might not see a quarterback go really high, but this is the all the, yep. you know, as this whole process has played out. Malik Willis, in particular, has really, really gone up um, with his draft stock over, how, you know, the last – few months really at this point they were at a point where and now i you know i think it's probably what they're gonna do if aiden hutchinson had been there and i you know initially in this draft process especially being a michigan guy and all that and obviously fitting into an an obvious need for them i could have seen that being their their play but now at this point with aiden gone and looking at the rest of the uh, the roster that they have (laughs) 
I think, oh man, am I really going to ruin our, our top three defensive draft? I was excited for that, but I think I'm going to end up going with Malik Willis. I think, yeah, I'll go with Malik. Mm. But, but obviously, uh, a risky, maybe not uh, the most polished quarterback prospect. Not that there really is a guy with a really high ceiling, you could argue, I guess, in this group. Um, we'll, we'll see how high Kenny Pickett ends up going and some of the other uh, big names that are still being mentioned as possible first rounders, at least, to, even if they're not nearly as high as these two at this point. Um, but obviously the, the potential reward with the arm talent that he has, the, the flashes of what he could become, um, I, and just obviously you need to at a certain point take a swing through the lines. And we, we've seen teams be able to quickly move on from these uh, from rookie deals now. They're not just automatically giving guys extensions for no reason. So I think if for some reason this doesn't work out, the lines still are in a place with enough picks, enough ammo to keep building at other spots and eventually – uh, try to figure this out again but I think at this point in their build uh, you, could, you could wait one more year you don't know how bad you're going to be you don't know how high up you're going to be in the draft again and maybe they, you don't want to be that team that looks back at the top quarterback prospect and I think ultimately that might be why uh, I'm going with this is you, you have that fear of being the what the Bears did when they didn't get obviously not saying Malik Willis is going to become anything like Patrick Mahomes but just that fear of of passing on the quarterback that ends up being the guy and being like we could have had him and 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 just that just that fear of not wanting to be that team maybe ultimately is what (laughs) ends up driving detroit to make this pick yeah that um that is one because again you've seen that in a lot of places about if they go this route and kind of what that's going to do for everyone else i think if you're you know if you're the teams behind them i think if you're the texans you're thrilled if you're the jets you're thrilled (laughs) because that opens up a couple of these other players that are going to be there Mm -hmm. um so i think that is definitely something that that i think they would look at and and feel pretty good about but i mean i think if you're the lions look to me it's like it may be a reach but you need something (laughs) to to kind of rejuvenate things right and so Mm -hmm. i i think that it's possibly worth the risk when you really look at it and um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the that's the route they go, just to try to make that splash. But I mean, as we always say, taking a quarterback at number two, who <laughs> may be a reach. Um, that is, uh, you know, there have been some good and bad with that in the past. So um, we'll see what happens with the Lions. All right, <laughs> the Texans at three, and now this is where I almost wish you would have picked someone else, because then I'm like, all right, well then I've narrowed my choices down to a couple, and I'm like, well. You know, it's kind of like, all right, which one do I take now? I mean, this is one where, look, the Texans, we talk about teams that have needs. <laughs> I think the Texans have probably more needs than anyone, um, quite frankly. Because, again, we talked about sort of the Jags making some moves in the offseason. Lions are obviously not great, but I think they're still probably better equipped than the Texans are right now. So here it's like, take your pick. Like, I feel like this is one where – it's really just a matter of like what do you value the most and i don't know if that's offensive line if it's defensive line mm-hmm. um i mean it's like i just man i don't know like i don't feel like i can go wrong here so but I'm, but i'm still thinking i'm like well who do i pick um because it's to me it's between like three different guys mm-hmm. it's either Thibodeau, it's stingley or it's Equanu. um the offensive lineman yep. from NC State. And see, that's what I keep thinking about, though. I'm like, if you're the Texans, which position do you – because it's like, is Davis Mills – like, is he, is he your quarterback? If he – if, like, you're set and you're good with that, then I feel like, all right, maybe go offensive line here. But 
Man, that defense. <laughs> it's just... Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go... Oh, boy, this is... Again, you talk about suspense. I know this is terrible suspense, but I just feel like this is the one that I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling with on this one. Um, I'm going to go with... All right, I'm I'm gonna go this route. I think I'm gonna go um, Ekwanu here. I'm gonna okay. pick him. I think we go offensive line. Um, Ekka Ekwanu, NC State. I'm gonna I'm gonna go offensive line here. I just I don't know. We we see teams that are built in different ways, and I don't know what to expect from the Texans. As you can tell, I, I just think this is a tricky one. If Willis goes at number two, I don't think the Texans can really make a bad move here. Um, but I think it's just which what do they value the most, and, and I don't know the answer to that. So. Yeah, also on top of those three guys, definitely are right there. I think Evan Neal's one that yeah. still some people have the Jaguars taking him at number one. So wouldn't be completely shocked if he went here. Another yeah. the only other defensive player in this kind of range, uh, maybe a Trayvon Walker from Shocking Georgia. For me, not to go SEC, right? Yeah, I thought so. you might go. I thought you might go Trayvon <laughs> or Evan there, but no. Ultimately, I think this is yeah, like you said, this is a team. It's hard to know exactly exactly what they value between offensive line and defensive line. I think at this point in the draft, those are the two positions that have a ton of talent ready to go. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, just like you said, it really depends on what they ultimately value more. Um, and But I, I think that at this point, I, more often than just even, again, a few months ago, Aquanu's been rising up draft boards. A lot of places have him going here to number, number three, if not number three, still in the top eight that we're doing today. So, yeah, it's uh, it really helps their offensive line. So, uh, you know, Houston at this point is not a team that's looking, at, I don't believe, under center for anyone. As, we, as you mentioned, Davis Mills played well. And at, at this point, I think the Texans are at least – pretty realistic about where they are in their build and it's not they're not ready to contend yet they still got to kind of get those foundational pieces and i think having a, a star a potential star offensive tackle really really important position obviously for any young quarterback and for any team build i think those that's one of those core kind of guys you need to to have and another guy that you mentioned with aiden hutchinson i feel like iguana is already built for the nfl he's a massive human as a lot of these offensive linemen are uh, <laughs> yes. at the top of the draft but he's just he's so athletic too uh, good as a rung blocker i feel like he just fills in all the different checks all the boxes you could have for this position so i i think that's a really solid pick there yeah six four three ten i think <laughs> yeah. it is um i think that's right but i i think that's you know it's an interesting spot for the texans and again i, I don't think they can go wrong here if if the draft has played out to the point that we have in the first two picks I don't think they can go wrong um, with pick number three. So, uh, all right, the Jets are on the board at number oh, four. Man. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I had the number four pick, I may be thinking trade here because there's a team that's not far behind them that I think may want someone in particular, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, we'll see if we well, – we'll get to that point. Actually, I think I'm going to have to pick for that team in our, our next episode. But um, we'll see which way you go here. I think this is an interesting – I think this is a – this is a trade spot potential. Well, I think you're we can do Jets. that. We can. We got to discuss this because I'm not I, well, positive which direction you're going. I think I'm thinking along the same lines, but I could. Here's here's out. what I and you've seen this probably, and you've seen uh, some people put this out, and I think there is a is a thought, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, that the Seahawks mm-hmm. are in a position where I talked about Matt Corral. I've saw, I've said this before. I've made oh, my pitch my for Matt Corral to go to the Seahawks. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know that they have to trade up to get him. 
That's what I, that's yeah. what I think. I think that actually they could stay there and get him still if they wanted him. Now, I don't know if they're going to take him, but I think it's an interesting thought, and I've seen some people pitch this over the past week. Um, but I, I just don't know, and that's why I said I was thinking about it, because I don't think they have to trade up, because I don't know who they're – the Panthers are the only team, right? Wouldn't you say, like, in this next group here – I mean, well, I, I think the Fal- they're going to go for a quarterback, right? though. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah, I, I that's what I think. Is the <laughs> see if the pack if the Panthers are going to go quarterback at six, mm-hmm. then I think you're like, all right, well, are they taking Corral? Are they taking Pickett? Um, I think that's where the questions start to come in, and that's where I think the Seahawks could make a move if they are of the opinion that the Panthers could take Corral there, possibly, or or maybe the Seahawks straight up and they want Pickett. I don't know, but. I think this to me this is the interesting trade spot at four because I maybe the Giants too because they are right in front of the Panthers but I think this is where things get interesting. Yeah, I I, I do tend to think Seattle will end up staying. Like you kind of mentioned, I I don't believe they need to move, and if they did, is Matt Corral the kind of guy you're going to look back and for sure know? I just don't know if you have enough yeah. confidence that he's the guy you need to trade up for in the draft and the Seahawks uh you know at this point based on some of the guys they've cut and traded and let go and moved on from it feels like they're a team that is willing to not necessarily be right there this year no matter what they say uh in the media about competing and I know obviously with Pete Carroll a youthful guy for his age uh you think that potentially I, I think even with him at that point they're they're realistic about where they are and I just don't know even at number nine, yeah, you'll be the guy picking. But I don't know if I would even, from their point of view, and maybe it's different than what they'll actually do, I don't know if I would go with a quarterback uh, based on all the yeah. needs they have and just the future players that um, could be available and just the fact that, again, we've we've kind of talked about this phenomenon of teams not so much relying only on drafting and p- hoping they, they win the, the lottery in the, at the top of the draft with the top quarterback, but actually building the roster out to a point where someone wants to go and play there. I think that could be a play for Seattle as well, ultimately over the next couple of years uh, with all the quarterback movement we've seen. So maybe that's the direction they will go. I don't. I, it, would, it depends how much John Schneider, if he really loves a guy. I know when uh, he was really, um, if you look at his uh, – uh, Danny Kelly from the Ringer that was a few months ago now tweeted out some uh, old old quotes from Snyder before the the Russell Wilson draft where he's basically alluding exactly to Russell Wilson if you read between the lines you know, when he identifies a guy who wants uh, he's going to make sure he gets some more and I don't think he is someone though that despite the Jamal Adams trade what that might make you think I think he's usually pretty good about understanding value and where guys are uh, uh, being uh accounted for by their team so i think in corral's case he'll be there at nine if they want him uh so i think ultimately the jets maybe the ads maybe some teams do look to trade up but i just don't think the quarterback talent is enough and i think there's enough good guys in this range that we're not going to ultimately see a deal here so i'll i'll stick with the pick and i'll try not to make it too long uh since we've already had this lead in here oh man uh another team obviously that has needs but i think you gotta as they've tried to a reminder jets do have two top 10 picks so they they have some wiggle room yes, here, right? So hundred percent. Yeah, I so. think the, the event, uh, with the number with the later pick, which I'll ultimately have, I'm probably going to be looking more um, in the next episode at a defensive back receiver. Possibly, I think here is where you address either your defensive line or your offensive line. Again, I think this range; these guys are just there's too much potential with some of these top picks. Um, you know, maybe they would take Stingley here. I won't be shocked if he goes here. But I just I think based on how this board's fallen so far, uh, maybe they're just going to get um, a little more enamored with some of these other guys that are still available. I think ultimately 
they're going to look more along the defensive line. They have invested some more uh, capital along the offensive line already. So I'm going to take an interesting pick. Uh, uh, you might think that I would go with Kayvon Thibodeau here, but I'm going to go with the guy I mentioned a second ago. I'm going to be the SEC person on this yeah. on this uh, episode here with Trayvon Walker as my number four pick. Um, I think just uh, an edge that has a ton of potential for this team, a guy that uh, some of the comparables, the ringer has him compared to Rayshon Gary. I, I could definitely see that kind of uh, situation with him. This is a team that has uh, helped with the interior of the defensive line. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I think that this pick ultimately could for them could end up being a solid uh, guy here to be the, the difference maker for them um, on the defensive side as they really need to shore up both sides. But I think, again, the offensive line, they've, they've put some more um, work in there. And I think at this point, the Walker ultimately might, it might be the pick. And just, you know, it might be a regrettable pick given what Kayvon Thibodeau might be able to do. Maybe I'm just completely galaxy braining this as some teams tend to do. But um, ultimately, I'll, yeah, I'll go with Trayvon Walker here. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I mean, you've seen Thibodeau kind of moving down some boards. I know that's been a popular discussion uh, recently. And I mean, this is, I said, this. If we had gone into this, like, it's just interesting the way it's through four picks. Like, we're only four picks in, but I'm like, I probably would not have thought this would be the order we'd go in at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's the draft, and that's kind of what, you know, look at. And, and again, it does go back to what we talk about the Jets. They do have t- two top 10 picks, so they could always move around here if someone really wanted to, um, you know, be able to sort of make that move mm-hmm. and, and, and want to try to move up into that spot. So, I think that's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I just I don't know. This is uh, this is an interesting group here. But again, you're starting to look at it. And like, all right, we're at pick five. Stingley's falling a little bit. Thibodeau's falling a little bit. Um, and I want to be honest with you, uh, my pick is number five with the Giants here, and I don't think I want to pick either one of them. Um, I think I'm going to go another direction here too. And uh, this well, this may be our worst one through eight yet. We'll see how this plays <laughs> out. But uh, again, I, I think the Lions are going to they're going to be the one, right? Like they're going to be the one that's going to impact everything here. Um, so this is tough because I, I mean, the giants again are another team that has needs, but I still think, and you mentioned a moment ago, it's like, if you're the giants and you're still trying to improve in a lot of different areas, um, I mean, offensive line is still something that teams want to try to build from. And I do see Evan Neal sitting there and I'm like, is it him? Or is it? Or are they gonna just? They gonna look at Evan Neal and be like, "All right, we we can't pass him up, uh, six seven three fifty, yeah, um, at tackle." Or do we look on the other side and say Thibodeau has somehow fallen to us at number five, and we just can't we can't take the risk of passing that up? Um, <laughs> man, this is uh, this would be something. I, I think this is a tough call for me. Uh, because I, I think it's man, this is a difficult pick here. I, I don't know which one to go with here, but I think eh, man, this is uh am I am I gonna pass up another guy here from looking at the, the SEC <laughs> and just thinking, you know what, I'm gonna pass up SEC again. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna go Kayvon Thibodeau here. I'm gonna go. Oh um, my um, goodness! <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm gonna make the switch to this because I, I think about what that would do for the Giants um, yeah. on the defensive line, right? Because they've got, you know, they've still got Leonard Williams there. 
Um, I think that would just give them another element that they don't have right now, too, and it's... I don't know, though. I keep saying that, and I'm just like... I feel like offensive line... Let me say that. I I will say, I don't think... I think either one of those picks are probably a good move for the Giants. Yeah. Um, Because I think those are the two... Those are the two issues. I mean, right? Like, having someone coming off the edge and kind of shoring up the offensive line. So, I think either one's fine. I'm probably overthinking this, but I'll go Thibodeau here just because I think if he's fallen to five, I think it's probably hard to ignore him at that point. So Yeah, I think it's a solid pick, and I think, yeah, it's hard to, to say they could go wrong in either spot. I think offensive line, depending on how this plays out, like you mentioned, will probably be the way that they'll end up uh, going. Um, you know, maybe this is a team that could have traded back if, say, Malik Willis fell a little bit further in the draft seen some places that have had teams like seattle and other other teams trading up at number five to to go for him but given how it's fallen i think yeah uh not um a guy that ultimately i think some teams are gonna uh regret passing on i think Kayvon, obviously when he's been on the field that's there's questions about the, the makeup and uh, and I, you know, usually I don't buy too far into um, thing issues with with guys that care about things that aren't football. It ends up, you know, maybe it'll end up actually be, uh, playing out in terms of where uh, these guys are drafted. But I don't think it's really fair to say just because someone has other interests and uh, those kind of things doesn't mean that they can't make um, uh, be a great uh, player on your team. And yeah, just a star guy that you know was hearing about this guy when he uh, was playing over in Thousand Oaks, not far from me. Um, uh, when he was in high school i mean this this guy's been a, a top top name for a long time and yeah I, I do think ultimately with him at number five even with all the needs I, I yeah you could argue the giants bigger need might be offensive line but again it's not about just drafting for need it's about drafting the best player and there's a chance that Kayvon thibodeau could ultimately when we look back at his draft in eight years or whatever could end up being the best player um, and if you're able to get him right there i think it, it makes a lot of sense I and mean, i think we've established this point no matter where you're picked there's risk everywhere and i think you like again he's someone like you said he's sort of fallen into that group of there's a lot of different opinions on him but i think that well here's the deal right is if you're the giants i think the way you can look at this is if there's not if there's no trades and Mm -hmm. you're sitting there at five and seven right um you're probably getting both (laughs) in this scenario because yep. the Panthers are going quarterback. So I think that's how you can look at it. If you're the Giants, again, if nothing has happened to this point, and, and let's say the board has fallen the way that it has, I think you can get both of these guys in whatever order you want to get them. It's so, true. again, I'm going to sit here and assume that you're going to take a quarterback at number six with the Panthers, which means that the guy I was deciding between, either Thibodeau or Evan Neal, are both still going to be, or Neal's still going to be on the board, so it's a pretty quick decision. So I think that's probably the biggest thing, too, for the Giants is if if you haven't seen the way things fall, you know, again, if let's say everything holds and, and Willis goes number two to the Lions and everything else kind of plays out as we've we've played it out, even if it's a different player, let's say it's sort of the same position, um, you can still probably get edge offensive line with five and seven. Yeah. So so maybe they're in a good spot there no matter what. So I think there's, we'll a, you know, but depending the Panthers on... Panthers are up next. Yeah, depending on how things have fallen, I, th- I could have seen them even going... Um, for a defensive back there at number seven if some of these guys had yeah. um, 
pulled up one defensive back in particular we haven't really talked about yet in Kyle Hamilton I'm sure we will soon but yeah you know I I could I could argue that the Panthers biggest need is offensive tackle Uh, and Evan Neal the guy that might be the number one pick still we haven't picked him all the way at the spot so ultimately uh, I'm gonna I'm still gonna go with the quarterback because I think Matt Rule is gonna go with the quarterback not necessarily what I think they should do I think they should draft Evan Neal if I were if I were the (laughs) the person in charge here which obviously there's plenty of reasons I'm not I would probably go that route uh, where the Panthers are at. I, I think they're a team that's not just one guy away by any means, no matter what they think. There is some pressure on this, on this, uh, on this, org- uh, you know, the current regime there in Carolina to win and win somewhat soonish with a newer owner that is desperate to become a winner, David Tepper. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure, and you buy yourself some time when you draft a guy. In theory, well, we didn't see, you know, we saw that with the Chicago Bears, and obviously didn't didn't last much longer for Matt Nagy there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm ultimately, like I said, just because I think they're going to do this, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. All the all the things have seemed to be aligned here with him falling to this spot. Maybe a guy with a, a higher ceiling, but just – or, sorry, a higher floor. But how far up is the ceiling? Maybe, you know, if best-case scenario, is he Tony Romo? That's a lot of pressure for a guy like Pickett. We'll see. Um, uh, the hand size stuff was hilarious, and I love the update. Oh, my gosh, his hand size is actually a little bit bigger. But anyway, I, I love watching this guy play in college. He's a lot of fun, and um, for the Panthers fans, I'm sure they'll like him. But would I go with – just based on the fact that Evan Neal is there and this guy might be, again, potential. There's just a lot of potential top players in this draft. But uh, this guy could be still the number one pick. I won't be shocked if he goes number one. Some people still have him as their number one pick um, on their draft board. So uh, we'll see. But I'll go pick it here. Yeah, I thought that's kind of the direction, like you said. I think it. Um, yeah, I just I feel like that's where they go. Um, you know, if he slides, I think that makes the middle of the draft more interesting because I think that's where, you know, again, let's say the Seahawks or something. Um, or I mean, yeah, I think it makes it a lot more interesting at that point. But all right, uh, we knew Panthers were going quarterback here. Seven to the Giants. I just made my my case, and and really to me, it's just. I think about, too, like with the Thibodeau pick, Giants have a new defensive coordinator. Of course, Wink Martindale's there now, right? So he's running defensively. I think that's that adds even more incentive for them to to really try to find someone who's going to kind of add to that, that pressure and those kind of things. So that makes me feel a little bit better about picking him there. But like I said, it really doesn't matter because I think that I would have taken these two players in either order. So um, sprinting, to the, sprinting to the podium here, um, Evan Neal. Uh, Alabama is the the pick for this one, and I think if you're the Giants, you're you're very happy with that at five and seven. If you're going to get those two players on each side of the line, I think you're you're sitting in a very good spot coming out of those two picks. Yeah, I could see no matter who these guys end up uh, being in these spots. You know, you could maybe in a certain draft, you could have seen uh, Kwanu and Trayvon Walker be these picks, and that would still be right there with uh, in line with what they want, right? So, yeah, I think the they'll be able to. I think they should attack those needs. I think there's still a chance they'll they'll go for Kyle Hamilton at number seven, depending on how everything plays out. Um, A lot of debate about him in terms of his value. I'm tempted at this point to go with him, but I think... Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. (laughs) This is a... 
interesting spot here. A team in uh, in the Falcons that has a lot of a lot of things to yeah. to figure out, and who do they even want to be this year, right? With uh, to bring in uh, Marcus, and you know what is that going to look like um, with him as the as a starting quarterback potentially there? Uh, they could still dra- you know draft someone i guess at that position i just don't see it happening i think they're a team that uh realizes that where they have some needs and i think the one is probably wide receiver that i think they should go for here maybe uh, some drafts to have different guys going a little deeper um than i'm gonna do but uh, i don't know it's tough though because kyle hamilton does fit really in- well into what they kind of need on defense but i think man so this is the question now. If I'm going receiver, there are a lot of options for who is based on what people think should be the top guy off the board. And uh, a lot of – if you look all over the place, I mean, just really, really different uh, picks here. But, oh, maybe I can't decide that. So, actually, you know what? I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton. I think he, hmm. he – they, they need talent basically everywhere, uh, like some a lot of these top teams at the top of the draft end up doing. And I think having someone on the back end of the defense, a defense that year in and year out, outside of the, a few a few games at the end of the 2020 season when Raheem Morris took over where that defense looked better, they are still a unit that uh, needs a lot, of, a lot of pieces. And, yes, I still think receiver – is a big need for this team. I think there's still going to be some pretty good-looking guys later in the draft, potentially, though. So I'll go with Hamilton here. I don't know if I'm going to end up regretting that, but I think there's a chance he goes yeah, a little higher or right in this range. If he doesn't go here, he's going to be going pretty soon after. Um, but, yeah, it, it, for me, but for them, I think it, the, the discussion probably starts uh, with him, and then it also goes to maybe they'll go receiver. I think those are the two times of positions but if you get you know the next Derwin James that's a ton of pressure in Kyle Hamilton I think you're going to be pretty dang happy with that player and uh it fills a really big need for Atlanta yeah that's where I think like players like Hamilton Stingley who by the way we still haven't yep. picked um I think it's again I go back to it's the Lions are the are the one that they're the one that's going to determine how a lot of this falls I think from here because there's a lot of different needs and that's where again like the texans have a lot of needs giants have a lot of needs um so i think it's you know maybe they go off the the beaten path and pick someone that's outside of this group but i think you're gonna have one of the like maybe it's hamilton maybe it's stingley or maybe it's maybe it's a tip of though i don't know that that you all of a sudden could see fall down a bit maybe mm-hmm. into the double digit range um but yeah i mean that's where that's where we're at right now. And, again, Stingley's still out there. Um, who else is still out there, I guess? Uh, Charles Cross, I know, from Mississippi State. Another offensive lineman that's getting a lot of love. Um, you know, like you said, there's a host of wide receivers. So many, on the board. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's going to make part two very interesting because, like I said, we are going to start off with the Seahawks. And, oh, boy, at least I have a couple <laughs> days to think about this pick because this could, once again, be a, a draft-altering pick here depending on what the Seahawks do. We haven't made any trades yet. I want to say this is unusual for us. Um, <laughs> no trades through eights. And uh, we'll see if things start to get more interesting trade-wise uh, from here because I think there, again, are a lot of different options. And maybe if you're the Seahawks and you do want to go quarterback and you have no fear of Matt Corral or, um, you know, going anywhere, maybe you trade down. Maybe you make things a little more interesting. So we'll see. Uh, but there we go, Dylan, our first eight picks on the board. Um I, 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 we've said this before. Like we felt like last year, we felt really good about the order and the sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a chance. Like this year, I'm looking at the top <laughs> eight in here. I'm like, 
man, we could get seven out of these eight wrong. Like, I think it, it really is one of those where I think Hutchinson's going one, but, but you know what? Would I be shocked if the Jags all of a sudden went offensive line and, you know, like you said, you had Evan Neal or Quanu go, go there? Not at all. So, uh, but I think we're going to at least get that one right. I think it's just whatever happens after that is going to be very interesting. I think the Lions pick changes a lot. Like, so much of what yeah. – I think we – if Willis drops from two, I think at four you're seeing a trade. I don't know who the team is. Uh, four yeah. or five. Maybe maybe the Jets are really uh, enamored with whoever they end up getting at number four. So I, I think, yeah, that's the one spot. I could see Carolina trading up just even like a couple spots uh, to make sure they get Malik if he's there. Um, Seattle, as we've mentioned. There's just a number of teams. I think if even the Falcons, I could argue, should, should consider trading up at that point. But I think just by having him go there, that's kind of why, why we'd end up not having to trade. And ultimately, yeah, in the past we've made these deals, but usually there's like a guy where it's like we know someone really wants him, and I just don't see that uh, being the case, I guess, at this point. But maybe, yeah, maybe we'll have something here. Uh, it feels like that, that trade between the, the Eagles and the Saints really had the feel of a draft day trade that we just got earlier than usual yeah. like, with, with all the pick swapping. So, yeah, it should be fun. I think, yeah, this next range, usually, yeah, like you said, first of all, though, the number one through eight, there's a chance it's completely all over the place. Uh, we'll find out. I think uh, getting to nine to 16, I, you know, with the guys that are left, I won't be shocked if they are um, somewhat around the same same uh, talent. I think this is gonna, it really one of my favorite parts of the draft and to look at how all these receivers are going to shake out because I do think we're going to see quite a few go in this next uh, batch here of the first round of our mock. Yeah, quite a few that are out there, and we will uh, certainly get into them here on the next episode. Uh, and again, a lot of well, – I mean, we always say this, but like, there's a lot of interesting players that are still – out there um and, and a really a wide variety of uh, possibilities i think in this next group too so we'll see how it goes but uh for now dylan uh, a lot of stuff going on over clutch points uh, as we've said the nba playoffs uh pretty much uh ready to get rolling here and uh everything is um set up with that and also uh, baseball's back uh, draft yes. is ahead uh, this is a, a very busy time of year Yep, uh, all, lots of good stuff at Clutch Points. Tons of draft coverage going through. You know, we've already looked through the top three players every team should select with their with these first round picks. That whole series you can find in Clutch Points, the NFL section. We have a series coming up on just predictions overall for the drafts, and uh, we did mock drafts for every single team, full team mock. So if you're a Rams fan like myself, you can look up every single all three picks. Just kidding, they do have quite a few comp picks. You can find all of those in that article. Uh, lots of with our NBA uh, coverage. Yeah. You can follow all NBA games in the Clutch Points app as well as all MLB games. A lot of NBA playoff preview stuff for the playing games and the in the upcoming series, betting previews for all that. You can find that in the app and on the website. Tons of yeah, really active time. Definitely a slow start for the for the Dodgers, maybe even a little bit for the Braves. Two and two is fine for Atlanta, but hey, you got those those rings, so you're feeling pretty good at this point, I feel like. <laughs> Long way to go in the season. Yes. Uh, I think it's safe to say in the 162-game season, long way to go. So we'll see how it plays out. But, yes, be sure to check everything out over Clutch Points. And, uh, as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for Stabs of Pass. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. You're on the Stabs of Pass podcast.